Free Talk Live. Welcome to the program here. The phones are open for you. If you want to join us, you can do that at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can join us online anytime you want over at freetalklive.com. And in the studio tonight, here with you, it's Ian. Nobody. And Chris. So, lots to talk about tonight. Apparently, right-wing extremists, quote-unquote... According to Slate, which is a pretty leftist publication, oh yeah, <laughs> are using two-way radios to plan violence. We'll get into that story here. Chris has it uh, on the way. They're not tonight. talking about us, are they? I would hope not. I mean, although certainly people have mislabeled us as right-wing, we are liberty-minded, which means we actually believe in the freedom to control your own body well, as well. Any, anybody yeah, who pretty much anybody to the right of Stalin, they figure, is a right-wing <laughs> extremist yeah, these days. Seems like anybody it. who doesn't agree with the left is a right-wing extremist, basically. But that's the thing. We agree with the left on some things. It's Absolutely. just they don't, you know, they don't want to talk to us about those things, apparently. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and we'll get into your phone calls and thoughts. Of course, you can bring up uh, absolutely anything that's on your mind tonight here on Free Talk Live. But there's uh, been some news in the crypto world. We actually haven't covered the crypto uh, headlines in a while here on Free Talk Live. So this one's been pretty big news and it's affecting a lot of people and their money. It's a company called Celsius. Have you guys ever heard of them? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I've covered them before. Have you? Okay. So Celsius, we have talked about them in the past. I just didn't know if it was on the, you know, the show with you guys or not. Yep. But uh, Celsius is a what they call a centralized finance platform. And that's as opposed to decentralized finance, which is this big buzzword in the last couple of years, DeFi, or again, decentralized finance. The idea behind decentralized finance is you can get, let's say, a a loan uh, in cryptocurrency in return for you putting in essentially a collateral of a different type of cryptocurrency. And this has benefits for, for certain individuals who are looking to, say, take their Bitcoin or Bitcoin cash or something and turn it into the equivalent of dollars in the form of, say, a stable coin, which is a crypto token that's in many cases backed by actual dollars, without actually selling the Bitcoin. So the idea is they put their Bitcoin down into this uh, DeFi contract, and then they get out from, from that a stable coin, usually a fraction of the value. So if you put in, you know, a whole Bitcoin, you might get a fifth of the Bitcoin's value out in stable coins. And that's kind of how the decentralized finance thing works. And it's all governed by what they call smart contracts, which are as immutable as the, you know, as the contract is, right? So sometimes the contract might have a bug or a backdoor or something like that. And <laughs> certainly people can be taken advantage of uh, in those circumstances. But generally, as long as the contract is is open source, meaning that, you know, anyone that knows coding can go and, and read the contract, uh, then in theory, it's pretty ironclad. Uh, the, the money is, is kept safe. You know, there's, there's no third party that has the keys to it. And as long as you pay back the loan, you get your collateral, you know, get your collateral back, that kind of thing. So that's kind of what, that's a basic level understanding of what DeFi is. And by no means am I, a, am I an expert there, but there's other things that they do. So centralized finance does something similar as de- decentralized finance, except they're doing it as a centralized corporation. 
So there's there's no decentralization at all. It's a corporation run for profit that offers people a, a certain APR or an APY or whatever. They say, you know, you deposit your Bitcoin with us and we'll pay you 5% per year on it. And if you want to take out a loan, you can, you can take out a loan uh, as well based on on that Bitcoin. And it's just it's convenient for people because it's a centralized company. You, you pass through the know your customer rules and deposit your Bitcoins and off you go. Unless, of course, they have piss poor management of the coins that you put into their company and mm-hmm. they poorly invest them and or throw them away and lose them or somebody steals them or the government comes in and raids their, uh, you know, their treasury. Basically, all of those things can happen. Yep. Or they go bankrupt or they go bankrupt. Well, <laughs> and the reason they're going bankrupt is because of piss poor management of yeah. you know, the customer funds. So the story here is gizmodo.com Celsius filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection late Wednesday, leaving users wondering if they'll ever again see the money they put into the crypto platform. Unfortunately for the average user, they'll have to wait in line with the company's other creditors, something that was made explicit in the platform's incredibly shady terms of service, which, of course, probably no one read before they actually opened up an account. Celsius also allowed people to uh, buy and sell cryptocurrencies like its native token, they called Celsius, gained attention for offering as much as 18% interest on crypto, an absurdly large return for any asset. The company first paused withdrawals, paused withdrawals, (laughs) for its 1.7 million users on June 12th, but assured people they would still, quote-unquote, accrue rewards during the pause so they were trying to keep people from panicking right basically i i mean that's that's kind of humorous considering you you're filing for bankruptcy right so you presumably well, they weren't don't... at that time okay at that time they just well, well, well we have to pause but why our... were they pausing they didn't they didn't really come right out if i recall correctly and it's because they were preparing to file for bankruptcy they they had to pause the withdrawals because they didn't have any money right like that's the most obvious answer they 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 had run out of funds uh and at that time it it made a lot of headlines at that moment because a lot of people obviously were were very frustrated but whatever rewards were accrued in the past month is imaginary money at this point as celsius customers will likely have a hard time seeing any of their regular money coming back let alone the supposed interest earned on that crypto Celsius, for its part, is still trying to put on a happy face about all of this, even through bankruptcy. In an email sent to their users, they said, quote, These Chapter 11 cases provide the company with the best opportunity to stabilize the business, consummate a comprehensive restructuring transaction that maximizes value for all stakeholders, and emerge from Chapter 11 positioned for success in the <laughs> cryptocurrency industry. You know, it's it's funny. Uh, on the one hand, I, I could maybe see that for some other type of company, um, but a cryptocurrency you mean company? A company with like I assets mean, or something that they could do something with. Yeah, maybe or I don't know some sort this of is just some a sort software of, platform, right? Some sort of value, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure I'm seeing that here. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Chapter Eleven bankruptcy is the reorganization uh, that form of bankruptcy, so. Um, They're not liquidating yet. No. So in in order to get a Chapter 7 protection... Chapter 11? I'm sorry, Chapter 11 protection, uh, as I understand it, they're going to have to convince a judge 
that they may eventually become solvent again, and if they can't do that, then they'll be forced into the other chapter. Mm. Okay, so uh, just because they've filed for it doesn't mean that they're going to get it? Yeah. Ah. So here's the deal. If they can freeze those assets, if they can delay the case long enough, mm-hmm. they might just be able to come out when just crypto goes Just because Bitcoin well, might go up again? <laughs> well, ex- ex- I'm, I'm almost certain they ended up in a short position or... I'm sorry, not a short position, a long position in uh, in Bitcoin, but a but a borrowed long uh, position. That's what left them insolvent in the first place. Mm. So if Bitcoin goes back up, they could end up solvent again. I mean, uh, my understanding is they've recovered a bunch of money from Mt. Gox, and people mm. who had money on Mt. Gox may end up getting. A lot more money than Ooh. they technically had on the books when it disappeared, because Bitcoin's worth a lot more than it was then. Mm. So if you had a hundred thousand on Mount Gox, it's like you know somebody made you hodl until now. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, you know, I I remember for listeners that don't know, Mount Gox was basically the first crypto or bitcoin exchange there was no other cryptos at that time it was just bitcoin i think didn't it originally stand for magic the gathering online exchange and it was for card trading yeah yeah it was yeah the guy had no intention of being a bitcoin exchange it just kind of accidentally happened <laughs> yeah and it became a huge success and then somebody somebody did some shenanigans and i don't know what the backstory of of what happened to mount gox is but i always find myself wondering did I ever have anything on Mt. Gox? I, mean, I feel like I had an account at one time, but I don't think I ever did any a buying or, or selling with it. So I th- certainly I have not gotten contacted by any uh, whatever liquidators or whoever would be involved in that. So. Liquidator brunt. There's more coming. Up. I wish the best to people that are getting something out of Mt. Gox. If you can get 10 years later, man, that's going to be a yeah. big windfall for whoever it is. There's more coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're talking about this Celsius Corporation. It's what they call a centralized finance company, meaning they will give you loans in exchange. Well, they would have. Now they're they're bankrupt. Uh, but they would have given you a loan in exchange for you depositing cryptocurrency with them uh, as collateral, and they would pay out uh, an annual interest rate on deposits with them, some of which was as high as 18%. Of course, you could say, that seems a little too good to be true. Well, turns out that uh, their business model seemed like it was predicated on the price of cryptocurrency continuously going up, and God knows what other kind of risky uh, endeavors they were taking with people's funds. Turns out once the crypto, the most recent crypto crash, right? Because there's been a variety of crashes over time. And over time, cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, the prices have come back typically. But, you know, if you're running a business, you got to pay people, right? You've got you've got mm-hmm. expenses that you've got to deal with. And uh, you can't and, do that. You're going out of business. And not just that, but if you uh, if you lend against a speculative asset like a stock or anything like that, there are nearly always call provisions, yes. which basically means if the price does this, we're going to call your loan right now. Right. That's how people get in trouble short selling, because uh, you short sell and... Uh, 
and maybe the price goes up just for a minute. But then you're then then you've got a call and you've got what's called a short squeeze and you could be in some serious trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even if it goes up and goes right down again. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. It's hard to feel bad for these people who are kind of getting, you know, uh, the customers. It, you mean? Yeah, the customers here, just because it's like 1.7 million I people. Mean, it's amazing how many people will do. How do I say this? Things that are, you know, pretty apparent, not. You know, probably things not that don't make good. a damn bit of sense. Yeah, don't make yeah, make a whole lot of sense. Don't make a good long term or short term. I mean, maybe okay in the very short term, you know, it worked out, but in the mm-hmm. long term, you know, you know you're gonna get bitten uh in, in this type of situation. Mm-hmm. Um this is again, this is one of these things where I, I, I have to keep, you know, saying, you know, when you put your cryptocurrency into somebody else's hands, okay, whether it's you know, actual cryptocurrency or money like the US dollar, you give it to a bank, or you give it to one of these exchanges when it comes to cryptocurrency, there's a risk it's of a losing risk. it. Yeah. yeah. Well, that and anytime you try to take advantage of a deal that's too good to be true, you're probably going to screw yourself. For example, say there's some insurance company that says, "Hey, we'll insure anybody for a dollar a year." <laughs> well, you better not count on that insurance because right. if that's really what they're doing, they're not going to be able to pay out when the time comes. Mm-hmm. So they are uh, filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy and their withdrawals are on hold and have been for apparently the last month. Uh, Gizmodo.com and various other uh, news sources have been covering this because it's just the latest you know, Celsius isn't the first company to to go through difficult times like this with other people's money. And again, it, whether it's Celsius mismanaging funds or a government agency coming in and just taking money out of uh, out of companies and shutting a, a corporation down or something like that for quote-unquote whatever financial crimes, you never know what's going to happen. Maybe it's not even any of those things. Maybe they just get robbed. Maybe their uh, their cold wallet or whatever that this supposedly military secure or what whatever it was I don't remember what their claims were about their storage functions but uh, you know that somebody somebody on the inside or whatever gets access to it and they decide to put a backdoor into the system and then somebody else comes in and they raid the whole uh, treasury and then before you know it the place is completely empty or has lost yeah. half their their funds I mean let's back up a moment too this was a regulated entity right I don't know. I I don't know what level of regulation. I mean, they're they're certainly not bank level regulated, but sure. they may be still regulated as some sort of a financial institution. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, well, this is the thing. It's just it. It's one of these things where it's like the argument is okay. We need more regulation. Yet we, I'm I'm pretty sure that the government would say that they are regulated. Um, no, that's a good. I question. mean, they, I mean, look. I mean, if somebody's selling Bitcoin on the street, if they're going to say they're regulated. How is it that the you know this larger entity isn't isn't regular? It's got I almost got to say that this is something. This is this kind of like <laughs> if if regulations actually protected people, you know? Oh yeah. Um, well, what, yeah. What's a regulation right? going to do? Well, right, and exactly, and this is the thing. It's like you know, um, the the way to to way to teach people is sometimes the hard way, uh-huh, in, in that sure. they got to learn a lesson. Um, you got one point. What was it? One point seven million people. Yeah. Hopefully, learn their lesson. 
in terms of, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, uh, other businesses and, and, and entities and things. Yeah. And the question is, of those 1.7 million, how many of them did things like put their entire life savings into this? Because that's what people yeah. post online. Right? You see those posts, they get shared sure, sure. around like, you know, this was my whole life savings. I'm ruined. Uh, suicide hotline numbers are being passed passed around well, on this. You know, I mean, you go to the doctor and say it hurts when I do that. Doctor says, oh. Don't do that. Yeah. I mean, this is this is another uh, point, you know, when it comes to investing like 101 diversification. Um, you know, when you diversify your assets, you are not at right. as much risk yeah. unless, of course, all your assets are in super, uh, you know, risky investments, maybe. But but even then, you're still probably not at as much risk from any one event, um, you know. Mm-hmm. So the guy from Berkshire Hathaway always says, Warren Buffett. Yeah, that's him. Uh, he always says, uh Diversifications for people who don't know what's going to happen. And it's like, yeah, exactly. Like Most everyone. people don't know what's going to happen. I'm sure he gets advanced tips from the Federal Reserve as mm-hmm. to what they're going to do, but the rest of us don't get that. Yeah, I mean, there's two things. You know, educate yourself about what you're investing in, and and diversify. So, yeah. So one of the uh, the chat room trolls says, "Now they say crypto has risks." LOL. We've said no, that no, no. Well, the hold, hold whole time. We, we have, but that's not that wasn't the risk. Apparently, the risk this was putting guy your... hasn't been listening to the show because we've said no, that the whole time. The, the risk here wasn't in crypto; it was actually in putting your money into a, some a crypto into some sort of exchange. Well, and that was a different risk, right? Right. Yeah, you've, that's <laughs> a risk on top of a, a risk, right? right? That's giving that's it a super to someone risk. else. <laughs> You're giving it to somebody else, someone who you don't know to take care of and somebody with with a business model that doesn't make sense on its face Mm -hmm. yep i mean yeah that's gonna happen i saw those those saw those places too i didn't put a dime into them because i said yeah that's gonna work out great if the price falls Mm -hmm. you know it it was pretty clear what they were banking on when they said 17% interest, interest. or whatever. Yeah. Nobody can pay 17% interest, um, you know, it, realistically, without well, unless, they, they're, they unless their scheme. business model depends on high risk. <laughs> uh, that high risk. <laughs> right, right. And, just, and when I say no yeah. one can do it, sure, you can pay more than that on your you credit card. I'm talking about for a this. while. A, a business model similar to yeah. this and they did do it for in the a good while. times and, and that's the thing with anything right like you know in during the good times you might be able to make that but in the bad times you know which will eventually come you know you know it's gonna things are gonna collapse yeah so and that's of, the thing is when you're designing a business model you should know that things will go badly mm-hmm. sometimes and you better have be some margin oh, yeah. built in for that the number here is 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 we've always said with regard to cryptocurrency don't put in what you can't afford to lose number one oh, just, yeah. just as a general rule uh, and also not your keys not your coins meaning if you hand your keys over to somebody else then maybe it'll work out for you mm-hmm. maybe you'll never see them again we're coming up Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farm, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join us. 
right here at 603-283-6160 at 603-283-6160. Joining you in the studio, it's Ian. Nobody. And Chris, we invite you to our website over at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features there. Archives go back for many years. I'm just clicking download at freetalklive.com. You can also follow our feeds, our RSS feeds, a.k.a. the podcasts, over at feeds.freetalklive.com. You'll find the links to those there. Also, links to some of the major platforms that you can easily access the podcast uh, through. You can go to feeds.freetalklive.com and find those. And again, it's all totally free at freetalklive.com. Uh, we continue here. We'll take your calls and thoughts about whatever's on your mind. We've been discussing the failure of centralized finance companies. Now, they're not all failing at the same time, of course, but some who are paying attention ought to use the example of Celsius, which is now bankrupt and had been providing loans to people and so on, but then apparently mismanaging funds uh, in the background. The, this is a you know canary in the coal mine moment. If you've got funds on not just exchanges, because that's the most obvious thing, right? We've talked about exchanges a lot in the past. Centralized exchanges gives custody over uh, your cryptocurrency to somebody else. And the same thing is true of these centralized finance uh, corporations that'll pay you an APY or an APR or whatever to, you know, annual percentage to hold your funds for you. Again, you not your keys not your coins. So if you at this time are into cryptocurrency and you have coins somewhere out there that you're not in control of, then you really need to reconsider that. You need to think about how, like if you're doing it on an exchange, then understand that you probably should withdraw the coins when you're done doing whatever exchange things that you're doing. Uh, but, of course, these companies want you to keep their coins with them. That's why they pay you the 5% or the 10% or the 18%, supposedly, or whatever it is that, that they're offering. Because they don't want you to take your funds back. They want to hold on to them so they can profit from them. And if it, you know, if it, were, if it works out for you, that's great. But you never know when the other hat is going to drop. You know, when you ne- I think it's the other shoe. The other shoe. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you, you never know when that's going to happen. So it could be tomorrow. It could be a month from now. It could be two years from now. But if you really want to protect your uh, your funds, you got to get them off of these centralized uh, platforms. Just understand the risk that you're taking. We go to Stephen in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Stephen. Hey, so I have a little bit of a dilemma that I need you all help with. All right, let's see what um, we can do. So, as you know, um, because well, libertarians and a group of other people. Um, Oh, we couldn't make out what you said there. You you might be in a bad cell or something. So, um, a little bit of an issue. A little bit of an issue. I um, have ruffled all the legal feathers. Um, and so the sheriff here is refusing to speak to me um, and is telling people, well, the sheriff from one of the counties around me is refusing to speak to me, um, telling me that I can't take my medicine, um, and is also saying that my medicine makes me domestic terrorist. One very He's, hold on, let me make sure I just heard you correctly. He's saying your medicine makes you a domestic terrorist? Yes. Okay. Now, just 
let me see if why I'm following what you're saying. Why would you have to ask the sheriff's permission to take your medicine? Is this because you are out on bail? No, it's because um, or probation. We this really weird country where you can um, inject chemicals um, all you want, but if you want to inject a plant, oh no, we gotta have government permission to inject plants. But you're not on probation right now. Um, I'm not on actual probation. I'm on corporate probation. Corporate? Pro- Did you say corporate I don't, probation? I don't, is that like double secret probation? I answer to a company. Okay. So what does not the sheriff the have to do with any of this? I, I guess I'm confused as to why you would need to talk. Why would you want to talk yeah. to the sheriff? It's a bad plan. So um, here, you, here in the state of Georgia, you can ingest CBD. Okay. Um, without any, any forethought, any anything. You still there? Steven? Steven, going once. Steven, oh, I don't know where that was going to go. He's welcome to call back. We we generally have a rule of only one call per night, uh, but obviously if there's a technical difficulty, then certainly uh, you can call back in, and I think he's doing that now. Steven? Hey, so in Georgia, you can ingest CBD um, without any paperwork, or you can ingest um, marijuana with a card. I have the card. Okay. Um, so I'm legally allowed to ingest it per state law. However, the sheriff in Catoosa County, Georgia, is one, refusing to speak to me, and two, um, he's posting pictures of me with him calling me a war hero, um, which makes me very uncomfortable. Okay. Um, Are you a war hero? And, say again? Were you were you ever in the service or is he just crazy? Yeah. Okay. No, I was in the military and I came back and he did this thing. He's like, this is small town Georgia. So I have a picture with him when he was campaigning several years ago, um, back when I was a Republican and thought that Republicans wanted me to have freedom. Mm. Um, yeah, I was I was nuts. Okay, but um, I'm still not clear as to why you would want to call the sheriff and talk to him about this. What is? Why do you want to talk to him? He's, he's overstepping federal and state law, right? So there's state law that says, hey, I can do this. And he's like, well, I'm the sheriff of this here county. Um, and, well, I'm a libertarian. And I'm an outspoken libertarian in this area. And he's sending people to my house. To like pull by and put spotlights everywhere. He's just being crazy. So here's my question. Just to clarify, he's sending people to your house and he's the sheriff from the next county over? So the counties have a joint um, drug task force. Uh-huh, okay. And so they're coming over because they believe that I'm bringing my evil marijuana into the county and they, they're going to stop it. Right. And is it well, that are they question. doing this because you are like a public marijuana user? You make a big, uh, you know, big deal about it, or is it just they've got a list of medical patients and they're targeting all of them? Um. So there was he outlawed CBD, and when he did that illegally, um, I may or may yeah he he outlawed it illegally. Mm-hmm. He's been told it's illegal. He's been told he needs to stop. Um. But I um. I blocked their entrance into a CBD store. Um, you blocked their it. entrance? 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, there's a CBD store that owns their property, and they didn't want these thugs on their property. And I like them, and they're small stacks of women. And he, they were like, "Hey, we're going to get raided at some point." And so I just, I just hung out there. And when the cops came, I was like, "Oh, I'm going to lock the doors." And they didn't like that very much. And I waved at them, and I called them. So I called 911. I was like, "Hey, there's people in costumes, and they're brown with like the brown shirts." And I know how the Nazis work. Can you ask them to leave now? Um, and so that got me on their radar locally. I see. Okay, uh-huh. so you the, yeah. you are no well, friend to uh, to the sheriff's organization. So why are you trying to get this guy on the phone? What do you think that's going to accomplish? Um, I just want him to admit his hypocrisy. Mm. <laughs> That'll never happen. Yeah. Well, I want him to step down. Really, here's that. Um. He's refused to talk to me about this issue, which means that he's refusing me to be right to our grievances with my government, which means that he doesn't care about the Constitution. Here's a question. He do do you know if he ever goes on, like, local radio for an interview or, or you know, anything like that? Um... That's what you want to do, in, in my opinion. If, if you can figure out where this guy is going to be appearing, you know, whether it be on a radio station or at a public event or something like that, somewhere where he has to be for you know a half hour or whatever, where he has to interact with the public to some extent, then you can kind of call him out and have an audience around, get video of it. Uh, thanks for the call. There's more coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. Talk live. You can join us here and bring up whatever you want. The number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight it's Ian. Nobody. And Chris. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by Freedoms Phoenix. It's your source for all news, economic, government overreach, insane government spending, and more. You can get headlines from today. All in one place and from a fresh libertarian perspective. You'll find that and more at freedomsphoenix.com. That's freedoms with an S, phoenix.com. We're talking about the failure of the latest centralized cryptocurrency website. We've seen uh, crypto exchanges go down. We've seen crypto exchanges be hacked. We've seen people lose millions of dollars in exchange hacks. That's been probably the most common version of centralized crypto systems failure over the last decade probably just exchange hacks yeah i wonder i'm I'm just trying to think how many of them have failed or some have failed there was the one in canada where the guy disappeared and like ran away with a bunch of customer funds yeah well it sounds like he succeeded there's there's definitely been just he wasn't trying to do what he should have been trying to do there's definitely been a, a a few that have failed there's a lot of exchanges out there sure there are actually it's surprising that more haven't failed really there's probably plenty who have failed. You just don't know about it. It's true, but right? no, but more mm, well well known. Exchanges. Okay, more visible, yeah, more big visible name stuff. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, this isn't really per se a chain, an exchange. Celsius, a company with apparently 1.7 million users and some amount of billions in customer funds, has gone bankrupt 
And they said in their statement here, according to Gizmodo.com, quote, We apologize. The communication with our teams and community has been very limited over the past few weeks, and we look forward to being able to offer greater transparency with everyone through our reorganization, which encourages dialogue with all stakeholders. Well, they have to be. They have to be transparent for that process because it's a court process and it's public and all those documents are going to be available. Yeah, I have to wonder, though, how two-way it really is. Um, I suspect it's mostly one one kind of one-way them sending messages to their customer base, but their customer base not really being able to send messages back and forth. Right. No, this is what we're going to pay yeah. you. Here's what we've got. Yeah. Uh, the Celsius token has lost 79% of its value in the last six months, though desperate users have spent the past month trying a short squeeze by buying up as much of it as they can in the hopes of inflating the price. That effort has been little more than a doubling down on failure, essentially handing more money to the people who started the problem in the first place. <laughs> you can't outspend the market. Mm. And if somebody sees you trying to outspend the market, they'll take the other side. Yeah, bad news uh, for the folks that are involved in this thing. They had pur- purchased a large amount of their own token since July of 2019, roughly $350 million. And this is some of the scummy things that were apparently going on in How the background. How are they even doing that? Probably I mean, using other customer money. Other Oh, the um, the exchange is purchasing their, their own token. Well, I, I don't know if they would be called an exchange, but the, the, the central lending house yeah, or whatever. The central C- lending C- house C- is central purchasing lending. their own Token That's back. what they're saying here about oh, 350 okay. million. I thought the customers were purchasing more tokens, and I'm wondering how the heck are no, they doing no. that? Well, some of the customers bought the token within the last several months, apparently, just to try to push the price up at a de- you know a desperate attempt to uh, stave. I thought off they just failure. failed recently. Well, I mean, they've been failing over time. It's just they haven't oh. talked about it, right? Like they have. I, I mean, got you. As the okay. as the Bitcoin price has gone down in the last several months, their Fair business enough. has become yep. very very difficult. Sure. Presumably, they just haven't been announcing it from the rooftops, right? Right. And then all of a sudden, they paused customer withdrawals a month ago, then got real quiet until they just decided to come out publicly and announce. See, I was their thinking bankruptcy. that they had that the customers were even though the exchange or the non-exchange was shut down, right? The lending mm-hmm. service was shut down. Yeah. I was thinking people were somehow able to trade it still. They are. The Celsius token. So a lot of these companies so issue not. their own crypto, right. basically. Right. And and then that trades on different exchanges, right? So those tokens so are they out can there. Still, they can still trade them. Interesting. Yeah, of course. The tokens are out there, right? Like even if Celsius well, goes under... Yeah. Presumably I mean, the token will I, still I exist. How do I say this? I don't like to assume anything when it comes to this stuff, the centralized stuff, because yeah. you know it's. It, I mean, half the time it's it's just it's just a number in a database as I opposed to a to- like an actual some sort of actual decentralized hmm. you know token you know mechanism, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously that's something you can you can research. I I have never looked you're, in okay. deeply into uh, their token, but you're but assuming I, then that I'm that assuming it's, it is it's, it's an actual own, token. It's separate either, from the exchange itself. Okay, so yeah, it's on Ethereum. Okay, so, it's so it Ethereum is. Token. Okay, so they can still trade it. So yeah, they can go. the The company can go completely gone. Like they could just liquidate everything and turn off all their systems, and the Celsius token will still be out there. Right. What it will be worth is another <laughs> question. And again, Probably it's, it's gone down quite a bit. <laughs> uh, well, amazing. The amazing thing is, is it's still you know right now seventy seven cents a token according to. Uh, and uh, what was it uh, before cap. they? I have no idea. It was up, the collapse? It was up a lot more, obviously. Yeah, it's, I'm it's, curious how far it went down. I mean, it I, says it went down 79 percent in the last six months. Okay, interesting. So um, that's 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 very interesting. But here's the thing: the the company was using presumably customer money to buy their own token 
on these markets. Mm. So they were trying to push their own price of the token up. They're trying to manipulate, essentially, the price of their token using about $350 million worth to to make their own you know, purchases out on exchanges elsewhere, according to Financial Times. But the founders of the company were selling like crazy in the past few years. Celsius co-founder and CEO Alex Machinsky allegedly made some particularly large sales despite swearing publicly that their executives didn't sell their own token. Based on public blockchain data, it's estimated that Machinsky sold roughly $44 million worth of the Celsius crypto over the years, according to the Financial Times. It sounds to me like somebody might well end up in prison over this because that kind of misleading statement to investors and mm-hmm. in anything that you say if if you've if you've got a three letter job title is pretty much a statement to investors are regarded as such. And if you're lying you can't be lying like that and and expect to stay out of prison. That's just a bad all, plan. All I'm thinking is he directed somebody to sell on his behalf. That's still yeah, lying. Yeah. Well, right? <laughs> like if you're having an associate, do it I know for what you. the government's going to call yeah. that. I'm yeah. just saying. <laughs> but it sounds like in his mind, he's justifying it probably by having somebody else doing it. Celsius published uh, could be some of these people in in the crypto space have absolutely no business knowledge or experience, mm. and I think that's what happened to Mount Gox. He guy just didn't know was what the hell he head. was doing. Mm. Celsius published a YouTube video explaining what they're doing by seeking bankruptcy and even gave a rosy outlook by noting all other companies that have filed for bankruptcy or all the other companies that have filed for bankruptcy and emerged just fine. And yes, companies like General Motors and Marvel have filed for bankruptcy and bounced back, but those companies actually produce something. And that goes back to something you were saying earlier, Chris, is that what do these people actually have? They've got a room full of servers you know what I mean, I mean what's what, what what i mean here's the question why are your customers using you it's because presumably they trust you mm-hmm. if you if that if you file for you know chapter 11 and you're a company that is entirely reliant on trust and why would they trust they can you access it any you know for a while yeah they're not going to be able to trust you again so why would why do you think you're going to be able to come out of it you know maybe some other company could um you know where they're where the company's not holding you know customer assets like probably with you know other companies maybe selling cars or something like that but you know in this case i don't know i mean this seems it seems like it's going to be you're going to be starting from square zero which means you're probably better off starting another company right, to do the, the same thing um and and sometimes companies do that but that's usually when they actually have actual assets not right not not when they when they have nothing left yeah it's hard to see a road ahead for these guys Uh, As a crypto trading platform, they didn't have a product. They took money from customers, kept hold of their digital money for them, and then they keep using the term monopoly money in here because Gizmodo, I think, is hostile towards uh, crypto. Uh, And then they say, then the market for crypto tanked, and that money was worth a lot less. In some cases, coins became totally worthless. Uh, Curiously, Celsius seems to have deleted a video that was previously available and published in April of this year, right before they completely froze uh, people's assets, titled Why Choose Celsius, which included influencers who were pledging up and down was the benefit of Celsius was its wonderful transparency. And then when they, <laughs> when they paused withdrawals, they got real quiet and there wasn't much transparency at all, apparently. Messages on social media are heartbreaking, with people explaining they really need the money that's tied up in Celsius's accounts. But at this point, it's not clear how much there is left. One said, I'm a single father. I need my Bitcoin. Quote to fellow depositors, do I understand correctly? There's literally nothing slash no action we as depositors can take now. Just have to wait and see if they give us money back. If so, anywhere we should be keeping our eyes on. Yeah, I guess the bankruptcy court. Yeah. 
yeah, you probably want to talk to an attorney and you, uh, I mean, in order to be represented in a bankruptcy settlement, you generally have to make a claim in the bankruptcy court. I'm a single mother. This will change my the path of my life. I feel sick. Wrote another. The number here is 603-283-6160. It is, people uh, getting in over their head. Yeah, it's a hard lesson uh, to learn, and hopefully people out there listening can learn from these other people's mistakes. And again, not your keys, not your coins. There's more coming up here, and you can join us. Chris, you want to get into two-way radios. Are they being used by the ultra-right to plan violence? We'll get into that story coming up. And you can take control of the airwaves here on Free Talk Live. Hour 2 is next. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off, now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, and you can join us here and bring up whatever is on your mind. The number is 603-283-6160. In the studio with you, it's Ian. Nobody. And Chris. You can join us online. Just head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features that we have waiting for you. Once again, that is freetalklive.com. Coming up, Chris, you've got a story about uh, two-way radio technology. Apparently, according to the leftists over at Slate, they're saying hard right-wingers are utilizing the tech to plan violence. And we'll get into that uh, coming up here in moments. Your calls and thoughts are certainly welcome, though. Let's go to your calls and talk to Matt online in New Hampshire. Hey, Matt. Hey, how you doing? Uh, I'm calling in. I was calling in because yesterday uh, somebody mentioned that I have a primary, uh, the, Repu- the Republican primary, and um, I just wanted to correct that error and, and just state that uh, there's, I don't have a primary. And uh, I This have, is Matt Santanastasso. Uh, Sorry, I didn't uh, make that clear. You are the uh, one of the prime sponsors of the New Hampshire independence legislation that unfortunately did not get through the state legislature this year but caused all kinds of controversy and i i apologize i misremembered it so it must be that your brother who is running for the first time he's the one with the the primary challenger right uh that's that's correct he has a an establishment uh pick for a primary um but yeah i wanted to clear it up because there is two people uh running in my district cheshire 18 Mm-hmm. And I didn't want this, anyone to look up the other guy's name and think he was an establishment guy because he's, he's not, uh, he's much more closer aligned with us than establishment. Nice. Uh, he's, a, he's a good guy. 
uh, we've become friends over the last few years. So they uh, they did some redistricting here in New Hampshire. Were you were you previously in a two person district, or is that a new thing? Yeah, that's a new thing. Uh, before I had six towns. Um, the new district, because of the redistricting, I have three towns. Okay. And uh, as far as for electing Republicans, the uh, the numbers are better. So, meaning you have a better chance of winning, and also, I presume, you don't have to go knock on as many doors if you're going to actually go out and do some campaigning, right? If it's only three towns? Yeah, uh, that helps a lot, <laughs> right? Because Fitzwilliam was one of my towns, and that's a difficult town to knock. Okay. Um, but cool. the second reason why I wanted to fix that error is because uh, the establishment uh, actually promised me a primary if actually promised anybody a primary that voted for the secession bill. Oh. Um, so a little bit disappointed that they were unable to deliver. Uh, <laughs> they, That's so great. That was one of their, their many threats that went out there. So, you know, uh, they just, they were going to, it was going to be a well-funded establishment candidate and he's not here. So he didn't even materialize. Know. They couldn't find somebody basically is what it came down to. I bet. Yeah. I'm certain that's what it was. Yeah. Um, but you know, they just make these, I mean, is this is this because everybody supports independence? Yeah, <laughs> it's got to be right. Going at, he said that they specifically told them if you support independence, we're going to primary you. Right, and nobody wanted to primary, so everybody supports independence. Then, well, no one's wanted to primary Matt. That just means they couldn't <laughs> find somebody who was willing to run. Uh, Matt, anything else you want to share? Sounds like you're on the road. Uh, no, that was just. I just wanted to fix that error. And- all right, man. Well, we'll look forward to hearing good news from the uh, the campaign trail and appreciate hearing from you tonight. Thanks for the call. Enjoy the, the ride out there. It sounds like he's on the, the side of the road. Might have pulled over to uh, to have a chat with us there. Phone number here at 603-283-6160. Just to bring our listeners up to speed on that, the New Hampshire exit amendment, for lack of a better term, uh, was CACR 32. It's It was a historic thing to happen yes it only had 13 people voting in favor of not tabling the bill so it never even got to an actual vote because it got quote-unquote tabled and that basically means they put it on the table and then just ignore it for the rest of the the term so that's where it sits i guess i, you know, I don't know what at what point they throw away the things that are on the table or whatever but the, the odds that it'll ever come off the table are you know pretty pretty slim you know we're going to get into the next congressional or representative session that'll be next year presumably something else is going to be filed and about now is when it's probably time for the state reps to start thinking about what's their next approach going to be because there is a rule in new hampshire that says you can only put forward the same exact bill once every two years now i don't know how much you have to change the bill in order for it to be considered a different bill right so you can probably put forward some other sort of independence bill, but maybe it wouldn't be the same you know, proposed constitutional amendment, which is the direction that they went to this time. Maybe they can approach it from a different way. I don't know what they're talking about amongst themselves. I hope they are talking. That would have been a good question for me to, to ask Matt, but I didn't think of it until after uh, he was off the line. I'm sure we're going to hear more about this status of independence. Uh, there's now a, politically, a political action committee that has been formed that is trying to raise money to help candidates like Matt Santanastasso get reelected and to help new candidates who've never been elected who support independence get elected. That's called the New Hampshire Independence PAC, and uh, I hope that they can really you know get off the ground this year. So if you want to weigh in, you can. Here the number 603-283-6160.
So, Chris, you wanted to tell us a story uh, tonight that the left-wingers are railing against, apparently, people on the right who are using two-way radios yeah, I mean, for nefarious purposes. Uh, apparently, uh, people who are on the left don't use two-way radios. Um, who knew? Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, when they do a thing, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's when anybody who isn't on the far left does the same things they do. Then bad. That they get upset. I mean, look at AOC. Uh, all all the flutter because uh, somebody said some rude things to her as she was going to work. And this is the woman who said, the point of protest is to make people uncomfortable. uncomfortable. <laughs> well, they made you uncomfortable, didn't they? How you like it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I got a story here from Slate uh, titled, Far-Right Extremists Are Using Personal Radios to Plan Violence. Is the government prepared to stop them? <laughs> I, 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 my my uh, understanding is it sounds like they're looking to argue to ban uh, or regulate radios, two-way radios. They're already regulated. I, mm. <laughs> I know that. But That's apparently the, the left FCC doesn't does. know that. Yeah, maybe not. During, uh, or maybe they want to increase the budget for the FCC, increase the enforcement division, crack down, that kind of thing. I, I mean, good luck. They can't even, uh, I mean, they already have problems enforcing like pirate, right? Like, you know, action against pirate radio stations, let alone two way, uh, you know, radio operators, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, they, they, I mean, it sounds like, the, you know, the two you know, literally probably they're talking about like the radios that you can go to Walmart and pick up, you know, two way radio- talking about. Uh, well, you know, I don't know. I know there's different frequencies, so maybe they're not talking about those radios specifically. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I don't know. Those are those. Are, you can use those too. I mean, it's not. It's, it's just a different part of the spectrum. Yeah. They, they tend um, to not be as powerful, so you're not going to get the same kind of coverage. That's with those. true. But, the, but you can use them. But ham radios that they're talking about are already regulated. Oh um, yeah, and yeah. so you technically need a license to use them already. Correct. So what are they proposing to do? I don't know. Let's find out. All maybe right. actually enforce the regulations. Mm. Which maybe, but how are they even going to do that? I mean, the problem is they don't really have the finances or the means of enforcement and it would be insanely well, costly to try to enforce i'm it. sure they would be advocating um, for increasing their budget i mean sure but guess. how much enforcement are you going to be able to do good question during Cassidy's, it's hard to find these people yeah hutchinson's explosive testimony at the january 6th commission's hearing on tuesday footage was shown of that chaotic scene at the white house ellipse on that day as an estimated more than 10,000 people lined up to go through mag- magnetometers to magnetometers listen. oh ma- magnetometers yeah. that's right. the thing you go through um, at the court where they can tell if you've got any metal on your body that's what that is metal detectors yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> fancy word for metal <laughs> to, detector. to listen to former president donald trump speak this rally would have eventually lead to the assault as trump uh exhorted it to the crowd to fight like heck uh, by protesting at the Capitol early reporting- and also to march to the Capitol peacefully and patriotically. But uh, tw- Twitter deleted that tweet. That's true. The report also noted that many of them carried radio equipment. Uh oh. <laughs> I mean, had the authors of this article ever used a cell phone before because that's also a radio it, it is it really is and you could do you can do the same thing basically with, with a, a cell, cell phone, phone yeah. as you could do with a two-way radio probably in some ways more effectively but we could talk right. about that coming up here <laughs> uh 603-283-6160 this is free talk live
It is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160 in the studio here with you. You've got Ian. Nobody. And Chris. I want to say thank you to Rick Hall, who is the Free Talk Live Silver supporter of our AMPS program. You can join AMPS, as Rick has done, for as little as 5 bucks a month over at amps.freetalklive.com. You get some cool benefits if you do that, and you help us advertise, market, promote, and support what we do here at Free Talk Live. So if you appreciate us and you want to help support Free Talk Live, please go to amps.freetalklive.com. Use your PayPal account or debit card or credit card to get signed up through our Patreon. Once again, it's amps.freetalklive.com. Chris, you've been sharing a story with us uh, from, was it Slate? That's right. Uh, Where they are, oh, they're so concerned. Some people apparently... We're in Washington, D.C. using two-way radios at the Capitol building. Now, of course, it's totally fine when the police are using two-way radios or the Democrats are using two-way radios. But apparently the right-wingers also have two-way radios. So something must be done. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the gist of it. Indeed, during the dizzying aftermath of January 6th. Report- dizzying. Aftermath? Yes. That's Is that why they're so dizzy? Their choice of words. <laughs> Uh, reported an intelligence. I, I had to reread that. Did I say something wrong? <laughs> an intelligence work. I'm just trying to imagine who would have been dizzied by the events of January 6th, which was basically an unauthorized tour of the Capitol building. That, I mean, if anyone would have been dizzied, it would have been the people who were uh, nearby the shooting that happened, where a young woman was shot to death by one of the security uh, government goon security agents in the building. I, I get, I would say that would be a fairly dizzying experience. Yeah, That'll I'm- throw you off your game a little bit. But, but sitting at home on your couch and watching a CNN live stream or something like that. <laughs> I don't know if that's yeah, a that, dizzying that experience. That lady, I do believe, was unarmed, too. Just to, Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Indeed, during the dizzying aftermath of January 6th reporting and, intelli- or reporting and intelligence work revealed that some on the extreme right turned to amateur and unlicensed <gasps> personal radio. Quick, somebody panic. <laughs> uh, days later, on January 17th, 2021, the Federal Communications Commission put out a sternly worded statement. Certain radio services regulated by the commission may be an alternative to social media platforms. You know why they're really upset is because they can't regulate radio. Not they easily. They can't censor. You know, the left can't censor people on radio, on two-way yeah, radio. That's true. That, that is one that's of the That's the thing that bothers them. Right. We, we were, just before we went to the break there, kind of touching on the differences between using a cell phone, which is a radio transmitting and receiving device. It is a, I don't know if you can call it two-way, but it is two-way in that it is you know, receiving transmitting. It's not in the same way of you press a button and you can talk to somebody instantaneously, but there are applications that essentially allow similar functions. It's yeah. just that those use the internet, and in theory, the government could cut the internet off. I, yeah, and and that's the thing. Um, the two way radios operate independent of the internet, so right. if they're they, point to point, they're direct. If the government wants to shut the internet down, right? And yes. they don't and necessarily they have to do it, and they actually do do this sometimes. Um, they can do it in certain areas, right? Mm-hmm. And by Some shutting foreign down, foreign governments have done it. 
Absolutely. Governments will do this, um, especially in, you know, there's been numerous countries, um, Egypt, I believe, yep, Sy- was one. Syria, was it? Lebanon. Um, there's basically been a bunch of countries and including the United States, actually, um, even though it's highly Cuba regulated. Cuba did it recently as well. Um, yes. And Cuba, absolutely. Um, a, a lot of a lot of countries, a lot of socialists, you know. Uh, countries with socialist, you know, I mean, a lot of countries have a, a bit of socialism here yeah. or there, at least um, we'll do it. Uh, and, and it's 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 unfortunate. But that's, you know, they have this idea with, that with India, two. India even does it to stop cheating school uh, students from cheating. Oh, they're jamming equipment on the schools. They shut their radio, the, the cellular services off, I believe. Altogether, I think the, I, believe. I think the Keene State Co- or not Keene State. I think the uh, Keene High School's got a jammer. That's not legal. Interesting. Uh, if it's the government um, running it, I bet you it is. No, it's not. They can't even do it for prisons. Uh, really? Yeah. Um, so um, that well, it's been... It's just the way the school's built then. Because it, it may be. The times we've been there, for instance, we used to go there for the... Uh, what is it? The school board meetings? Remember those? Yes. Yes, definitely. You could not get a signal. Yeah. You would have to use the Wi-Fi that they provided. There's no other way to get it. probably the result of, if I had to guess, the building materials, but I don't know. Um, if mm. Depending on the roofing materials, it may be Could blocking be. the signal. Um, that's not that unusual. And if there's not some sort of repeater set up in the building, probably, mm. the, the cellular service probably doesn't work. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure of that. I'm not I'm not 100%, but it definitely, uh, cellular and Wi-Fi type signals can, can definitely be blocked as a result sure. of building you materials. You could build a Faraday so, cage, basically. Yeah, right, mm-hmm. right. And don't ask me exactly what materials something has to be built mm-hmm. from in order to have that type of effect but it definitely is if you're in the wrong kind of building you'll definitely have uh, no reception uh, faraday cage is made out of iron yeah well okay <laughs> anyway certain radio services regulated by the commission may be an alternative to social media platforms for groups to communicate and coordinate future activities it reminded radio operators that it is illegal to use radio frequencies to plan crimes, but apparently not. It's also uh, illegal to commit crimes, in case anyone's mm-hmm. wondering. <laughs> right? I was thinking the same thing off air. I was saying, yeah, except they're, they're not telling you it's illegal to use the radio to commit a crime, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> which I think is kind of funny. The use of radios during the highest profile instant, instance of right-wing extremism in decades, however, is not unique. It is part of an obscure but increasingly concerning phenomenon among the far right in recent years using radios i mean what do you ex- i mean i, I kind of want to say what do you expect when you shut down you know the communications platforms that the far right is using they're going to find using, something right they're going to start using other platforms other solutions mm-hmm. other technologies they were just supposed to stop talking <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're telling them to shut up why won't they stop talking I, they I wish mean, they could outlaw and put them all in prison. You know, so I'm sure the funny the funny thing is censorship doesn't mean that people don't have thoughts or they don't stop communicating. It just means that you you force that you know you're um, forcing it underground. You're forcing it underground yeah. exactly. So I just think this is uh, this is hilarious, right? Like, and by and the way, any good left wing psychiatrist will tell you that when you foribly silence people, things build up and sometimes mm-hmm. they boil over they into violence. Yeah. Right wing extremists primarily use the personal radio service band described by the FCC as short range, low power radio communications using devices that operate. Personal radio service. I'll have to look that one that, up. I bet you it's like the family radio um, service. Maybe um, they renamed it. Maybe. Um, that operate much like walkie talkies. 
Um, hmm, interesting. It's not walkie-talkies. It is. I don't know why there's. I don't know why they're saying much like. That's exactly what we're talking about here. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're right. Well, they they didn't want to say that because it sounds so innocent. Right? <laughs> yeah. So basically, they're using you know these these weak uh, weakly powered two way radios that you can buy at Walmart. It sounds like they do not require transmission towers or extensive equipment like more commercial FM or niche ham. So they're not. Ta- they're definitely not talking about ham radio. Okay, uh, personal radio service is a general like a generic term for two-way radios that are unlicensed essentially so that would be the family citizens band. band would be one family radio service is another one okay and i don't know if there are any I others i was gonna say i know there's like at least one but i wasn't i wasn't really thinking about those others but you're right because there are a couple so there's more coming up here to the story right on yeah, the way yeah, uh, you can share your thoughts as well at 603-283-6160 and they clearly want more of a crackdown they want more regulations and there have been news reports that a lot of these unlicensed radios are going to be stopped by the FCC, but they're still available on places like Amazon, so you might want to get one while you still can. Free Talk Live. You can join us here and bring up whatever is on your mind. Ian, nobody, and Chris in the studio tonight. Free Talk Live brought to you by Bitcoin.com. You heard us talking about cryptocurrency earlier, and it's a favorite topic of ours because it's such an important one. Crypto and uh, like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash allows the individual to empower themselves and take their value out of the government money system, which is constantly being inflated to death. We haven't even touched on the new government official inflation numbers, now over 9%, 9.1% is the latest CPI number. And again, that's the government's number. So you know the actual inflation is higher than that. You can guarantee that uh, 9.1% is the bare, bare minimum. Uh, so we can cover you know we can cover that deeper if uh, if you guys want to comment you're welcome to join us the number six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty but get on over to bitcoin.com click get started at the top of the page and start learning some of the basics about cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash uh, there's no better time than now if you haven't yet done that to start learning and again just click get started at the top of the page at bitcoin.com you can also acquire your first Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash there there's a bunch of different features that they have over at bitcoin.com including their news site with the latest news headlines every single day available to you over at news.bitcoin.com let's uh, continue here with your calls and thoughts sarah is on the line and we'll talk more about two-way radio for activist communications uh sarah in new mexico go ahead yes uh, did you know that this year nationwide we had the highest uh, pedestrian fatalities ever so altogether wow. 6,500. What do you think is um, happening? Are people just not uh, paying attention as they cross the street or what? Well, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming they got rid of all the speeding cameras and red light cameras for the last 10 years. Well, those years don't stop people from getting hit by cars. Well, they're, they're running red lights and speeding, but maybe these... Uh, there's not enough people like me. There's people that should get fit up. People who don't drive. Losing their loved ones and do something about it, you know? But Well, what do you want to do about it? Do you want to prohibit people from driving? No, um, <laughs> well, I mean, the 
the thing is that, I mean, we're trying to do self-driving cars, uh, autos. So it's going to be better if computers are in charge? Well, I want us to do everything. You know, if we could get red light cameras. Here's a tip. Look both ways before you cross the street. I mean, I'm sorry. It's a good plan. I just don't understand. I get it. If somebody, you know, rolls their car up on the curb and you weren't expecting that, I'm sure that happens from time to time. But I would really be interested in seeing the breakdown of what percentage of these people that are dying when they're pedestrians, how many of them are like on the sidewalk versus trying to cross through traffic and just get plowed into? Yeah, and then some of these bridges are really terrible. You don't know designed. the answer, of course. You're just upset about well, it. Well, I mean, no, the the breakdown is if you're a driver like you, you're going to blame the pedestrian. They just jump that in front of my car. They're always jaywalking. But if you're a pedestrian, they're always <laughs> running the red lights and trying to kill me. Well, I'll it's tell you what. I on. saw somebody just the other day here in Keene, New Hampshire, where pedestrians have extra protections uh, because, well, in theory, they're still going to get hit, but they uh, they believe they have extra protection because it's illegal to not yield to pedestrians in crosswalks. So these people, they just walk right out there. They don't even look over. They presume you're going to be paying attention. And in my case, I am paying attention, but there are other people who probably aren't paying so much attention. So these pedestrians, they just let, they think the law is going to protect them. So they just walk out into the crosswalk without even glancing to see if somebody is coming up on them. I mean, it's crazy, and I've seen it happen more than once. But uh, the first, number one state was Daytona, Florida. Is it Daytona? Is it Florida? It's a city. So was the most city with the most pedestrian killed. And the second one that came is Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. But New Mexico is number one per capita. Well, the, so, you know, the, you, know, you could just stay that. home, I guess, and order you all know, your food. Sarah, there are places where there are cars are prohibited um, from the streets for the most part. Like what? Like a downtown um, area or something? Uh, whole cities, actually. Um, really? Yeah, coming up. Um, they're they're basically coming uh, soon. I believe. Yeah, I believe Spain um, is is one of the. Well, it's a whole country, but some cities. In, uh, sorry, in Spain. not not a whole, the whole not the whole country of Spain, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, Madrid think, or whatever. Right? Yeah, it was, it's like one of their uh, bigger cities. I forget which one it is. So now, they're going to make it so you have to get on a bus, uh, bikes. They're trying to force bikes wow. and buses mm-hmm. and things. Of what that if nature. you're crippled? I don't Those know. Are um, That's uh, it's low speed. They don't let you go more than what fifteen miles per hour. How fast can you go on those little go-go carts? Probably Electric not too fast. Car. Sarah, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. The number here is 603-283-6160. You know, maybe that that statistics are out there. I I would be curious to know of all these people who are getting hit by cars. What are the circumstances uh, that that are leading to that? How many of it is like drunk people just stumbling out in front of traffic and getting hit? Even one life is one life too many again. I say we need to ban all motor vehicles. Well, obviously, you're being facetious because you know, the world would not work without cars. Yeah. <laughs> how many how many additional people would starve to death in the world if, if there weren't cars? Yeah, well, talk to the people in uh, Shanghai who were not, not starving to death because they were jumping from the rooftops and jumping from their apartment balconies to their death because they were sick and tired of being kept inside all the time because they could not get in their car. Or even on their bike and go down the street and, you know, go to the grocery store. It's an insane situation. People will go nuts 
if they don't have the uh, the freedom to take themselves somewhere where they want to go. And cars give you that relative freedom. Yes, there are cops around. Yes, there are cameras around. But having the ability to get behind the wheel and you know go somewhere far away relatively quickly is a benefit that a lot of people appreciate, and they're not going to just let that go. Yeah, it's you know it's um sort of a I think you could argue it's a form of torture. Um, to, to keep someone out of that to keep situation? somebody you know a caged effectively yeah. whether it's you know restrict them from leaving their house or restrict them from leaving a cell right or their neighborhood or, for that matter yeah or their neighborhood um and uh it's it's something that i don't I, I think it's sometimes it's it's hard to understand especially if you if you've never gone through it but even if you have gone through it um you know i, I think some people just they don't understand that it, what how something impacts you isn't necessarily going to impact everybody else the same way so yeah, yeah. Let's talk about two-way radios. So yep. we were, uh, Chris, you were telling us about the left-wingers and they're incensed over the fact that some people at the January 6th quote-unquote insurrection were using two ways to communicate. Yeah, so uh, basically the story from Slate uh, is, is, is freaking out about two-way radios, <laughs> of all things. Why radio? The format seems rather outdated and clunky relative to... <laughs> easily accessible phones and apps but for the extreme right increasing perception of hostility i mean you know i think i think if you block i them think it might from be the, the increasing uh hostility that's <laughs> causing the increasing perception of yeah, hostility it, yes. just a guess if you block them from all platforms you know i mean i don't know it, it, it <laughs> on more conventional communication platforms has driven the switch to personal radio if you've been deplatformed by twitter or facebook so literally what we were saying before or if you know that you are likely to be radio offers a new uh venue for communication it's not new guys it's (laughs) been around for like a hundred years yeah you know know, the funny thing is too longer um is you know just because you're blocked from facebook doesn't or youtube or you know any of these mainstream platforms doesn't mean that you can't communicate there are certainly other oh, yeah. centralized platforms there are even centralized platforms you can still communicate on those they may platforms be smaller suck, platforms by the way miss but- if you're if you're in a place with people you don't want to be tweeting or posting to facebook to try to get a message to somebody you want to be able to reach that person in a much more instantaneous fashion. You don't want somebody to have to check their social media and then click on a notifications and then maybe they'll see your... Po- you you want to reach those people. And the fact is, radio is better for that in a lot of ways. Uh, it's got its downsides. There's no doubt about it. And it can be a little clunky. It does have range issues, for instance. But there's no more immediate way to actually talk to someone. I'm going to hear my radio, and I'm not going to hear my phone (laughs) in a lot of cases. There's more on the way here. The number is 603-283-6160, and this is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Phone's open. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. I'm looking online right now at the uh, the Baofeng two-way radios that activists love to use up here in New Hampshire and have been using for many years. Most of them without asking government permission to do so. And they are still cheap, cheap, cheap. Inflation has not affected these things one bit. You can you can get a Baofeng two-way for like twenty-two bucks 
on Amazon, and it's basically it's a programmable radio that can run on ham radio bands and other radio bands, and it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty amazing piece of technology for what you pay for it. I mean, basically these things, if you had if you if it were thirty years ago and you wanted to get into ham radio, you'd probably have to pay three hundred dollars to five hundred dollars to get a radio with the the feature set that you can now pay twenty five bucks for and have delivered to you. I mean, it's it's amazing technology. It's cheap. I mean, it's, it's probably not the best build quality or anything like that. Oh, no. But, but it's so <laughs> cheap that it'll last you for a while, and if you drop it and it shatters or whatever, it's another 22 bucks to replace the thing. Yeah, or you'll you know? lose them. You know, yeah. one of, that is one of the benefits of the cheap radios is if yeah. you lose them. It's not or, the end of the world. Yeah, the world isn't coming down. You could drop it in the toilet and it... It's absolutely. not going to be a and you know disaster. If, if you use a radio every day, you absolutely will lose one. You or know, break it. Yeah, you know, or break yeah. it. You know, probably at least once every six months. Yep. Um, if fact. not more frequently. Um, especially when you first start using them, because you know you're not as aware. I think of you know what you're doing what you're with doing. it, and um, you don't know where to place it. You know, maybe like if you get in your car, you know, it might fall out of your pocket or something. But if yep. you if you get into a habit of putting it into someplace where you won't lose it then you, you won't lose it <laughs> so we've been we've been using uh you know the activist community here in new hampshire has been using these two-way radios for for many many years and they've been very successful and you can use them on legal frequencies so it's not like these are illegal radios it's legal to have the actual it's, radio it's just the question is how do you use it's the, radio? the broadcasting i believe that's the legal issue with the as far as fcc is concerned I th- on I certain believe. channels yeah um i think there has been there may be there may be a ruling where the radios themselves you can't use, but I don't know if that only, if that you can use true them on certain frequencies for listening at certain power levels. Yeah, they would be legal. So well, no, no, no. I think the FCC has said well. <laughs> again, you know what is legal and what the regulators say isn't always necessarily the case, right? So you, you, the law can say one thing and a regulator can say something else. But I think the the regulator, the FCC, has come out saying that even if you are a licensed ham operator, you can't use them. Now that's insane. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if any of that's changed because I think they now that makes have no sense whatsoever. Licensed. Uh, uh basically bofang radios and there's actually a specific model you can get so i'm not sure oh you mean it like an fcc numbered kind of thing where yeah it's one approved. where it's, it's actually certified so in theory maybe that variant of the bofang is mm, okay. is legal for a ham radio operator well, yeah that's to, the thing with this with this technology is it seems like it's sort of this i don't know if it's open source or it's just been reverse engineered there seem to be multiple chinese manufacturers of the same "Quote unquote Baofeng radio." It's not real well, clear, like where they even come from. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a good question. Uh, so most of the, so this is China here. So the manufacturing is often done. Like it doesn't really matter what it is, whether it's you know, a, a you know, laptop, a thing or two because you actually I, order right. parts from China for your business. Yeah, think I do this. I, 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 so it's called contract manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody uses effectively like the same comp- set of companies. Now there might be different pieces from different companies, mm-hmm. but they're all everybody's using the same set of companies that big big companies that manufacture basically everything. Right. Um, if you get a washer and dryer, it's likely that the core component is the same. In, or uh, maybe a microwave would be a better example. But anyway, the point is mm-hmm. that core component inside is the same with every single unit. 
Now there might be a, a few small differences as far as like you know the you mean panel as compared or, to the feature that's on the front. You mean like the the circuit boards are the same inside versus what the thing looks like on the outside. The thing that saying? actually radiates the food, I think, is what I I'm see. referencing. Okay, as an the actual microwave. Yeah, so okay. that core component, right? Yeah. Now the other things like you know whether or not it has a a I don't know a don't dial know, a dial versus, versus a, a you know a pad that might be different, right? Mm-hmm. Depending on you know the company and the model, but effectively that core component is still being manufactured by these same companies. Company. Mm-hmm. And that core component might be um, it might be assembled by yet another company um, with different faces and things like that. But that core unit is is yeah is the same. Now there's other other times um, if you get enough some items where if you get enough like different components together, then it becomes to sort of you know you kind of end up with a more unique product. But even in those cases, usually you know like for example uh, with like a laptop, you might only have a you know, two or three different choices for like, say, Wi-Fi cards or an mm-hmm. LCD, you know, for a screen, you know, there's only, you know, there's only like a factory or a couple of factories wow. that manufacture LCD screens. So even though it says Sony or it says Dell or it says, you know, I mean, there's hundreds of companies that you you might they think, label it. Yeah, that, that you might think you're getting a screen from. But really, it's it's really only one of a handful of factories. Hmm. Um so, and that factory might be producing different quality screens, mm-hmm. okay? So, yeah, maybe, sure. you know, maybe Sony only ever uses the better quality screens, right? Whereas, if you go with right. a no-name, it might not be. But it's the same company. It's the that's same factory that's effectively manufacturing I, I always knew under that, contract. I always knew that happened with Radio Shack products. I knew they were always relabeling other, co- you know, other companies' manufactured products mm-hmm. as Radio Shack. But that's interesting that it's it's happening at the more, like, bigger oh, brands yeah. um, AMD, another great example. AMD doesn't have any manufacturing capability. Um, no kidding. It, it's completely outsourced. They sold off their uh, fabs, and everything is, wow. yeah, everything, their processors are all outsourced, uh, you know, co- under contract. They're manufactured mm-hmm. under contract by a, a, a fab. And um, Intel, I believe, still does have some manufacturing capacity, um, mm. but I don't know if they're 100% uh, manufacturing in-house or if they've outsourced some of it. So that's the other thing that happens often is some companies, even when they do have manufacturing capacity, will outsource some of it or have a third-party manufacturer under contract for them to a certain spec uh, their product. So even if they're manufacturing some of it, you know, sometimes it's not. And sometimes oh, wow. it's even more complicated because they'll be sort of, uh, you know, you might have the same face to something. Apple, a great example of this. Um, they had a iPhone, I don't know, I forget what it was. I, I'm just going to make up a number. iPhone 11, right? Okay. They had an iPhone 11, and it actually had two different processors, to, and depending on you know which company was manufacturing it. Wow. And so you might actually have a different performance depending on which uh you know which version you got what variant that's crazy um so yeah like if you if you looked at reviews and there were one some were good you know, some, some were, were good so and some were not wow. well that's that might be why um so all right yeah um if the i mean it's it's and and the spec you know just because something matches a certain set of spec doesn't necessarily mean it is the same so you can get right. pro- potentially different performance out of different things or certain tasks might be faster or slower on one and the other so all right what else do we need about the story so as social media began to crack down on extremist content and baseless conspiracy theories a (laughs) universe of alt tech platforms also the base conspiracy theories uh for example the lab leak theory which is now wide widely accepted the wuhan one uh yeah yeah the uh that was labeled a baseless conspiracy theory and silence the hunter biden laptop that was, was also absolutely baseless, right? true yeah. and that was also <laughs> labeled a baseless conspiracy theory I'm sure they're so saying the same apparently thing about- their statement that all these things are baseless is kind of baseless <laughs> um, <laughs> 
Let's see. Um, a universe of alt tech platforms emerged. Yeah, that's that's kind of funny because most a lot of these platforms they existed, you know, prior to. Are they talking about like Gab and Mastodon and things like that? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, but I mean, Mastodon. That's exists, funny. I'd not heard the term alt tech. Yes, uh, all this alt tech existed prior to the right wing, the crackdown. You know, yeah. you know, getting kicked off or censored or shadow banned or whatever off these platforms. It just became uh, better known. Yeah, of course, because of you know, well, if. You know, half the population isn't allowed on the internet or isn't allowed on the pl- the mainstream platform, so to speak. And I'm putting that in quotes these days because they're right. a heck of a lot less mainstream if half the you know internet isn't allowed on it. Um, yeah, then these you know alternative solutions are going to end up getting more popular, and that's, yeah, you that's push exactly them what down, happened. and they're going to find somewhere else to pop out. Yeah. So um, so they're saying these alt tech platforms emerged to fill the vacuum. <laughs> History. Or I'm sorry, historically, right wing extremist groups have adopted personal radios. Uh, what do left wing extremist groups do? <sighs> I, although I don't know that they accept the concept of left wing extremists. extremists. Yeah, you kind of like slate, you mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Uh, for similar reasons, in the face of modern tech monitoring. And I mean, should I mean, shouldn't that be disturbing? Like that, I think should be disturbing. All I think is 1984, right? If you haven't read uh, that book, you should read that. I finally book. did uh, <laughs> earlier this year. I finally got to read it. Yeah, it's it's disturbing. Klansmen would utilize CB radios to engage in mobile, discreet, tactical communications and avoid discreet. Their risk. It's not discreet. It's literally it's public. public, right? And avoid the risks of more easily monitored technologies like telephones. This is like them claiming that Bitcoin is anonymous. It's public. It's viewable by anyone in the same way these uh, technologies. Now, there are such things as encrypted radios. That's not what they're using. They're very, very expensive (laughs) from what I understand. I've never even really taken a serious look at them. Uh, There's more coming up here in moments. You can join us. uh, And we'll find out what their solution is. They've got to have what they want to happen coming up. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We've been talking about two-way radios and activists using them. There's a story you've been sharing with us, Chris. You said we're, we're near the end of it. But do they actually get to the what they want to see happen? They've been identifying what they consider to be a problem, which is, quote-unquote, right-wingers who are using two-way radios because they can't get on uh, big tech platforms easily. They've been banned from various different internet platforms, so they're going back to the old form. The, the thing that came before the internet, CB radio and other direct two-way radio services that you can you know go down to your local walmart or amazon and and grab cheapy uh handheld radios and just start talking to to uh to your friends so that's what they're targeting here in this story from slate it's ian nobody and chris in the studio here tonight but they must have something they want to see happen does the story actually get to that well that's a good question um so they do they do actually get into uh how they're effectively working with ham radio clubs and things of that nature. Who is? Um, the right wingers or the left wingers? The left, I guess. Oh. Um 
so I, I, we can get a little bit into it. I can read a little bit more. I do more. want to hear about um, that, yeah. Unlike with personal radio services, service bands, there is a system to monitor ham radio platforms run largely by volunteers. Ham radio broadly describes the non-commercial, often individual use of radio bands for communicative, personal, and hobbyist purposes. Unlike the personal radio uh, service, ham radio requires licensing by FCC, including a technical exam and extensive study of radio equipment. Broadcast can also reach across hundreds of miles. The FCC mm-hmm. is able to gather info on amateur broadcasts to violate the law through its friends in the ham radio community. Snitches. Yeah, snitches. Snitches get stitches. Yep. Ham radio operators. Well, in the ham radio community, they are very, very big. Like, there's a... I don't know what the the split is. I'm not a ham person. I've never been interested in asking for permission to... Uh, to be you know a radio user <laughs> but i am aware of these people they essentially are the the obedient class they're the people who well i got i got my license you should have your license and if you don't have a license we're gonna find you and we're gonna cut your antenna cables mm. that's literally something you will hear stories about if these people they're monitoring their ham bands, and they hear somebody key up without identifying their little ham code, their ham call sign. Then they will triangulate their position. They won't wait for the FCC because they know it'll take forever for the FCC to do anything about any kind of complaints. Well, FCC won't do anything about it anyway. <laughs> so they get in their cars or their trucks or whatever, and they go out and they do it themselves. And they will find the offending party's location, presuming they're not mobile and hard to find. You know, they're if they've got a base station or something like that, they literally will destroy their personal, their private property. Yeah, there are um, there, there are hunts uh, that basically right. go, go around in the, in these uh, communities uh, to track down and that's right know, uh, track down individuals who are violating the licensing. Ham radio operators like Dan of the Central Michigan Amateur Radio Club and their local communities have also taken to pushing away extremist activity <laughs> when they see it. Uh, Dan describes a system of self-policing in the ham community, particularly through the ham radio auxiliaries uh, who listen in on broadcasts regularly and report potentially illegal or harmful content. <laughs> I mean, this sounds so like st- uh, Soviet, like Stalinist yeah. uh, Soviet Union, um, where every Report third person, neighbors. yeah, every third person was reporting, you know, to government. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like seriously, you know, <laughs> like you have to have a serious obsession, uh, some sort of mental illness to be doing this unpaid. Um, just they're just losers. Uh, I mean, everybody needs a hobby. Yeah, I guess. Um, I mean, that's a hobby you could probably get paid for if you, you know, go into some sort of law enforcement. Not that I'm advocating for that or anything. Just like just the idea that like you would do it as a hobby just sounds crazy. It's to me. probably it feels empowering to them, right? Like they, they a lot of them are probably wannabe cops yeah. who got turned down for psychological reasons yeah, and what maybe. have you, right? And they feel like they've done something if they can go and cut somebody's cable. I, I do. I just want to point out this is not every ham radio operator. No, um, this but is, I don't. But, but I there think is it's a large a, percentage. There of is them. definitely a type. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Um, I know. I know ham radio operators, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know many that would do this. But mm-hmm. you know, I definitely, um, I definitely know they're out there or harmful content directly to federal authorities. These auxiliary auxiliaries uh, note and report the frequency and location of questionable content for FCC tracking. I'm pretty sure the FCC is not tracking the little bit of radio, you know, usage that you that you're violating. 
Um, they probably are tracking things like pirate radio, that kind of thing. Well, um, yeah, and, because it's easy to find. I mean, if you are right. running a 24-hour-a-day broadcast, that's sitting in one place. It's not rolling around. Most pirate radio operators aren't like uh, Happy Harry Hardon in uh, the, the old movie from uh, Pump Up the Volume from the 1980s where he actually had a mobile unit and he was driving <laughs> around uh, as he was broadcasting. That's uh, that's not very realistic. They probably have a... F- Easier to accomplish in an 80s movie than in reality. Yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a great movie, but uh, not, not very that realistic. Was, it was pretty funny, actually, in the movie. Yeah. Uh, um, so you got to have a you know physical base station that does not move around in order for your signal to be you know easily findable or whatever and so that's it's easy for them to try to triangulate those people right whereas if you're uh you know just an individual with a handheld radio you could be here you could be I there mean, here's the thing uh you probably won't have the time to triangulate a two-second broadcast no, the way radios don't. are typically used yeah. uh ham radios or bofang radios or whatever this this type of radio or yeah. something like this um you know i mean if you're doing it enough or long enough i mean maybe you know you if you're it, on but, for hours every yeah. you know week or whatever and you're consistently in the same place they might be able to find yeah. you yeah so it's actually interesting because there was a um there was a not like the hunts that go on with a lot of these ham clubs, but there there was actually a hunt at Porkfest for a radio just to, really yeah to pick up on those skills right oh that's um, cool you, you don't necessarily need just the adversary to to have those skills those are also good things mm-hmm. for everybody to have um anyway um but yeah I don't know if they ever found the um so the way those work is basically there is like this antenna and it's placed somewhere and it's got mm-hmm. a signal that broadcasts I believe and then they you have to triangulate and try yeah. and find that that thing cool um so yeah it's it's kind of cool um they would really they would be really stupid to use the frequencies that are allocated for ham radio yeah yes they would probably true um although i i don't know i mean I don't know. I mean, it's a good question. Is would it be stupid? I mean, yes, it is because those people are there and they're going to snitch on snitch on you. I mean, yeah, but if what's you can the, avoid what's the being detected, right? Like, I mean, but what are they can, really going to get out of snitching on you? Anyway, satisfaction. Um, uh, if you avoid the de- the detection in the first place, then you're that many steps ahead of the game. I don't know. I feel like you're just giving in to them, and I don't know. Anyway, I mean, I, but I get why would why... you go play in their playground if you could just go on another this is empty true. playground? I mean, th- there's a good argument to that. I, I just, I just don't know. Like, it just this is one of these things. It's don't pee in their pool, and they'll leave you mostly alone if they don't know you're you exist. Right, right. This is, this is true. Um, there's too many hams out there that monitor them and report them to the FCC. Yeah, the FCC is a joke. <laughs> um, Dan said the FCC itself Wait, he said it's a joke no i'm saying it's a oh, joke you're saying it's a joke. yeah the fcc itself declined to comment on its regulatory actions and the circumstances that led it to issue warnings on the use of radio for criminal activities yeah let me back up a second so people think the fcc like they do stuff like they're actually not that big uh in the scheme of things as far as like and regulatory entities go they've actually had um, their enforcement offices cut over the years yeah There's not as many of them and um, they don't even do like, I don't know if, you know, you know, electronics like they have the FCC certification on them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not done by the FCC. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you know, people have this idea that like, oh, the FCC must be this huge, you know, government, you know, I mean, and it is to some degree, but it's a, it's more of a smaller, relatively speaking, mm-hmm. compared to other federal, three letter, you know, federal agencies. Right. Um so, uh, so the FCC approval is done by a third party. They uh, hire somebody. Yeah, there's, um, there's these. It's, it's certifiers. Uh, it, yeah, they're like they're these. I'm trying to think how you how you describe them exactly. Um, but there's basically these all over the world. They have these 
people, uh, companies that you can send your device to for certification, mm-hmm. and then they run all the tests that they're supposed to run. And then do they, they do certification. certification for like FCC and the Europe one and like different certifications? Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And then those get filed. I think they do get filed with the FCC, mm-hmm. but it's not the FCC like really doing the certification. So, of course not. Bureaucrats, it would take forever, <laughs> right? Uh, there's more coming up here in moments. You can join us. 603-283-6160. Whether you want to weigh in on two-way radio as a way to get around the big tech control grid, this is Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. Phone's open. You can join us here. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can also follow the show on our Odyssey channel. Odyssey is probably the best platform out there because at its core, it is based on Library, which is an open source uh, system for sharing media online and uh, decentralized, uncensorable. Odyssey itself is technically censorable because it is a platform, but it's based on the library protocol at some level, although they have brought in some central servers and things like that. It's an interesting thing they're doing over there, and you can check them out. Uh, Go to video.freetalklive.com. You'll find our video services there. And you can also get them on library, of course, which is, like I said, the underlying platform, the underlying uh, protocol beneath that. And you can check out library at lbry.com. It's something we've been supporting for many years here on Free Talk Live because we like these alternatives. We like alternatives like two-way radios, library, the matrix uh, chat system, Mastodon as, uh, as another decentralized, more decentralized, federated option for transacting information online. Uh, we've been putting our not just uh, verbal support, but our also you know money behind these things and launching our own servers and things like that. And I want to invite our listeners to check out our social media platform. If you're sick and tired of these centralized big tech corporate platforms, which have total control over what you're able to say, you you cross a line, you get banned on these things. You can go and have way more freedom to express yourself if you go to social.freetalklive.com. You do have to, when you sign up, it's going to ask you why you want to join. Just put something in there about you listen to the show or you what something that references the fact that you're a listener to Free Talk Live and that'll get you in. Because uh, we're trying to keep the spammers out. That's the one problem with Mastodon is it's not very good uh, keeping out the robots. But apparently neither is Twitter for that matter. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's Elon Musk's big reason for dropping out of the Twitter deal is Twitter apparently was not so honest about how many bots are actually using their platform. So we're trying to keep those bots off. That's why we have the question, uh, the survey, basically it's just a one question thing when you sign up at social.freetalklive.com. Tonight in the studio, it's Ian. Nobody. And Chris. Uh, Chris, I know you've got a little bit more here on the two-way communications outrage. Apparently, some people are on the left are mad about the fact that some people on the right, apparently, are using two-way radios to talk to one another because, well, there's no in-between. There's no middleman there <laughs> that they can put pressure on and force them to censor your communications. And that pisses them off. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, not only... Can't you speak publicly to many people, but they don't even want you to build this, you know, you know, people on the right to be able to speak to each other. The, the funny thing is the uh, the thing that attracted me to the left because I come from the left 
is, you know, the uh, Students for Democratic Society, for example, which was uh, they kind of kicked off the 60s in Berkeley. And what were they? They were a free speech movement. Mm. That's what they started out as. So they've come full circle. So the leftists have become exactly what they hated. Wow. How many times has that happened over history, though? Right. There's so many yeah. people. Well, uh, what was it that uh, that uh, I can't remember who wrote it, but uh, oh, it was Nietzsche. Nietzsche. He he wrote, uh, "Always beware when you look into the, the abyss, abyss, for the abyss looks also into you." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's go to your phone calls and thoughts here. We have Major Payne on the line in Michigan. Go ahead, Major. Hey guys. Yeah, my old man always used to say, "From short sleeves to short sleeves in three generations." I don't get it. You come back. Oh, come back that's an economic thing that one one generation gets rich, the other generation lives off the money, and the third generation loses it. Somebody's okay. got to go back to work. Yep. Gotcha. But uh, oh, you guys are talking about the pirate radios. Yeah. Back in the early seventies, along the uh, the Texas Mexican border, there was a couple of guys that had a van with a rig set up. And I think they'd had like a boat winch or something to help them raise the antenna, but they'd pull up and broadcast for two, three hours. And uh, some rock band actually wrote a song about it. It was called the Mexican Radio. Really? I only remember, I, oh, I only Mexican Radio. That was the Doors. No, that the wasn't doors. the Doors. I'm on the Mexican. That was the Doors. Whoa. No. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. That was like a one-hit wonder. It was on MTV back in the day. I'll find it for you. I heard it on the Mexican. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was th- I was actually Wall thinking of, of something something different. Wall, Wall of Voodoo. No kidding. Yep. That's that, that, that's like mountain. One hit wonder. Yeah, one hit wonder. Yeah, back in uh, 1982, released on their album Call of the West and released as a single in 1983, got regular airplay on MTV, which is where I remember watching it back when MTV used to actually play music videos. It was one of those totally weird videos. It probably would have been on uh, Dr. Demento or something like that. I wish I were in Tijuana eating barbecued iguana. But is that that? Are you saying that song's actually regarding the the pirate pirate broadcaster you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, that's what they were writing about. Oh, that's cool. What, what, tell me what the name of that band was again. I I didn't get it. Wall of Voodoo. Wall of Voodoo. That's I it. Never even heard. Of yeah. <laughs> there you go. So you said they only broadcast for like two or three hours at a time from this van. I wasn't I wasn't down at, in Tejas when I was twelve years old, so I can't speak gospel about it but no listen to the song they might tell you more i don't All right, know man thanks well, for the call Appreciate they were it. they were probably selling selling doobies the rest of the time because you gotta sell a lot of doobies when you're living in a van down by the river <laughs> uh the number here is 603-283-6160 now he's talking about a time when there was no internet right where the cb radio was the old way of mass communication internet before the internet the chat mm-hmm. room before the chat room was what cb radio was and uh, and and having a pirate radio station like that definitely would have generated way more interest than it would today. If somebody went to you know and put a, a you know broadcast rig in a van and then drove somewhere and broadcast for two or three hours, almost no one would would be able to come across that because I mean sure a few people would probably be scanning the band and they'd hear it, but radio isn't 
what it used to be as far as a communications medium. I mean, it still has sort of this incumbency. There's still a large number of people out there in the United States that do listen to radio. And I want to say, don't underestimate the number of radios in cars. <laughs> There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. But a lot of people are using Bluetooth or they're sure, using sure. some other kind of uh, system in their cars. Um, and, you know, usually once people, even those that do use the radio, they have their favorite channels. They're just switching between them. They're probably not scanning to find new channels. Probably most listen of the to whatever time. comes in the clearest <laughs> these days. Yeah, so it's not going to have the same pizzazz to it that that it would have. It made for a great movie uh, in the form of Christian Slater in the 1980s in Pump Up the Volume, where he also did this sort of mobile broadcast and created this this movement around his pirate radio station. And I just don't know if you can pull that something like that off these days. Well, you can if enough people get kicked off the internet. <laughs> well, yeah, that right? much is, that much is true. Uh, so we got more here. We got uh, Jack in Washington State. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jack in Washington, going once. Jack in Washington, going twice. All right, we got uh, your calls and thoughts are certainly welcome about whatever's on your mind. We're still, there's a little bit more, I think, to your story, Chris, that you wanted to share tonight. We're going to get into that coming up here in moments. It's from Slate. They're going off because some people on the right wing are not asking for permission to communicate with one another. And that's the world these people that are writing the story want to live in. They want to. They want to. They want there to be a moderator. Better get your government permission up before yeah. you start talking. Of all communications, and they're mad that somebody could just go spend twenty bucks on a two-way radio <laughs> and be able to talk with whoever else is willing to spend twenty bucks on one. There's more coming up here in moments. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. I think uh, Old Major Payne's pretty baked or something like that, because uh, the Mexican radio song lyrics, they don't seem to have anything at all to do with uh, being a pirate radio broadcaster. (laughs) (laughs) You got lyrics here that seem to be more about getting high and other weird stuff. Uh, smoke killer herb till my lungs collapse. Lost two grand last night shooting craps. That's a little excerpt there. And there's there's basically a reference to cannabis in every single uh, verse of the song. So <laughs> I think it's more of a get high, strange kind of tune than uh, more of a Dr. Demento kind of thing. Uh, than uh, than it is anything about actual broadcast radio, but still great song. I remember it from from back in the day. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian, nobody, and Chris, and you can join us online anytime at freetalklive.com. Please enjoy the features we have for you there, including our chat server. We're talking about alternatives for communication. Again, uh, the Matrix chat system is one of those. I think I saw a headline, Chris. I don't know if it, you it came across your desk. Something like sixty million users of Matrix. They're celebrating it or something like that. I don't know if you heard about that, but I'm not sure if I have seen this. Yeah, this was recent. I just saw it okay. within the last 24 hours. Uh, I don't know how they count that number, given that it's Ooh, a um, federated system and anybody who wants to can put their own server online. And I don't think those stats are public. Mm, but Well, you probably can't count them exhaustively. If somebody mm-hmm. doesn't want you to know, then they then you won't know but maybe that just means 60 million that they know of yeah maybe that's what they've registered on their own that central server over time but that seems yeah. way too high um maybe it was, 
Mm, yeah, it's a good question. Well, I mean, so the servers you have to remember are federated, so if they communicate with one another with one one another. They so do. Your, yeah. you, but you, do they share user lists with one another directly? <sighs> Maybe they do. I know I, you can look up somebody, right? You yeah, can, it might be stats rather than lists. Yeah, I, I'm not sure exactly what information is and is not available. Well, okay, here's the um, story. I found I found the story here for you. Uh, this is at msn.com by the registers. Richard Speed published 18 hours ago. The decentralized matrix network has crashed through the 60 million user mark with user growth rate exceeding 70% in 2021, according to the company behind the messaging service. Put yourself on the back, Ian. Well, I guess we helped a little <laughs> bit. Uh, it's impressive stuff, although definitive figures are tricky to ascertain thanks to the decentralized nature of the platform. Element Boss and Matrix co-founder Matthew Hodgson reckons the 60 million figure might actually be an underestimate and told the register via email, quote, we have limited stats on the overall Matrix ecosystem as servers and clients do not report usage stats by default to Matrix.org, particularly government deployments. As such, the 60 million addressable user figure is an underestimate, and it doesn't include government deployments, which we estimate to be currently around 500,000 active users. Ew, government's using Matrix too? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Um, You need decentralized solutions. Like if the internet goes down, Mm -hmm. you need solutions that are going to work in on networks that are not, you know, centralized that can be easily taken out. Yeah, Um, run their own servers to do their evil. Yeah, I mean, it's a thing, you know, it's it's kind of funny um, because every effective group, you know, whether you're a government or not, sort of. Uh, you know, needs these technologies in order to defend themselves from yet other groups. So whether it's the libertarians against Democrats or libertarians against government or Democrats against the government, depending on who's in power, you know, you know, everybody needs them. The figure is therefore the total number of addressable users that are visible to the matrix.org home server, but it doesn't include servers or users that are not viewable on the public network or those that don't report usage stats. So I guess, so in other words, if we, if we set up two servers or mm-hmm. five or a dozen servers uh, for libertarians and we don't ever federate with the home server, right. the, ma- the main matrix server out there, uh, then our stats will never end up being recorded in their numbers. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I think you, aren't you federated by default though with uh, with Matrix? I imagine so because I know we can find people that are on Matrix.org. Yeah, through our well, server. we definitely are federated with the Matrix yeah. Home Server right. for sure, hundred uh, percent. But they could disfederate from us anytime they want to, right? Like if they found they were, yes. oh, we don't like you libertarians. In fact, um, I think there's a room that has banned uh, people from the LRNFM server um, from accessing that room. So. There are a few matrix. There are a few rooms on our server that other people cannot join. I don't know if they can't see them, but they can't join them. Maybe yeah, they can't see and that, them. I think that's true in reverse. So hmm. if you if you're on a matrix.org server, mm-hmm. and depending on the settings for that room, Correct. you may not be able to join from other servers, or you may yep. not be able to join possibly from certain servers. And one of the cool things about matrix is, and by the way, you can go to our matrix server at chat.freetalklive.com. That gives you the step by step instructions on how to join. Uh, but the cool thing about the matrix server is you don't have to ask permission to create a room. So if you've got an idea for, like, you look at the list of rooms, you think, oh, nobody's got a room about blank, and you want to create a room about blank, then you can go ahead and do that. 
uh, there, and you get to decide. Do you want the room to be public? Do you want it to be private? Do you want it to be federated? Do you want it not to be federated? Do you want it encrypted? Do you want it not encrypted? You get to you get to be the admin, and you get to decide how to, how the things run, which is pretty cool because all the centralized things like Slack and Discord they don't allow users to do anything except join the existing rooms. So I got to say I'm a big fan of what they're doing over there. So congratulations to them for actually getting to 60 million global users at least. So those are the ones they can count. So maybe there's another 40 million out there. Who knows how many more millions there are on servers that aren't uh, you know connected to them. Let's go back to your calls and thoughts here. Jack is on the line now. We've got him back in Washington. Go ahead, Jack. Uh, yeah, um, I'm pretty sure the Mexican radio song was actually um, written by an artist that knew me really well in my youth. Hmm. I was a reflection of the song. Anyway, I'm in Washington. Okay. But, uh, are you guys familiar with the, did you talk about like the Hunter laptop and uh, with Ray Epps? And the January 6th, the guy that looked like a cop. That was- oh, yeah, the guy who was uh, on video saying, we have, to, uh, we have to take the Capitol tomorrow. And the amazing thing is, he hasn't been, been arrested. Charged. He hasn't been bothered. And, but yet, what he's doing is literally, um, you know, proposing on video over and over, very insistently, mm-hmm. we have to commit this crime, which obviously he could be prosecuted for. So something makes him special. Did he actually go and was he was there on January 6th in the in the building? Um, I don't know. I know he was out January 5th uh, insisting that people needed to take it. I think he went to the building on January 6th, but I'm not clear on whether he went inside the building. Um, Jack, do you know? Le- he was trying to lead people to the Capitol. There's a ton of video on this. There's yeah, but did he go inside? See, I mean, there's th- this is the no, big thing. he did not. See, uh, that, th- that's, that's a key he thing. Looks like a, he looks like a cop. Yeah, I mean, he, like a he cop. may be a cop. Guess who wrote stories about him defending him today? Does hmm. the New York Times or Axios ever defend uh, a Trump supporter? You they know, want them all hung. Yeah. If you go on right now, today, articles came out this morning, are two articles defending Ray Evans. Yeah. I saw that, and I was like, yeah, he's definitely a Fed. Wow. Yeah, he's a Fed. Oh, my heavens. I mean, what the heck's going on, you know? I mean, are you surprised that the feds are going to try to no. lead, lead people into a trap? <laughs> well, now there's cameras, and they don't seem to care if they, you know, they used to, I think, you know, JFK was an inside job, as far as I'm concerned, but they hid that well. The internet didn't exist. Hmm. I, you know, I don't I don't think that would have uh, gone uh, unsolved very long if, you know, some of our social media communication was around then, which we have. Jack, thanks for bringing the story up here tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. Let's talk to David in New Mexico. David, you're on. Oh, actually, stand by. I didn't uh, notice the time. <laughs> More here in moments. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. We are nailed to that clock here on Free Talk Live. And, of course, the phones are still open for you. If you want to weigh in here, get your thoughts on the air in the remaining moments, you can do that. Uh, we've been talking about two-way radios and other communications options for you, like Matrix Chat and Mastodon. Uh, social media. There's more coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. Yeah! 
This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want in the remaining moments that are happening now at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Ian, nobody, and Chris here in the studio tonight. And as we've been discussing alternatives to communications, what got this started was a story that you have, Chris, from uh, the people on the left complaining that some people who they don't like are using two-way radios. They're not being censored enough, Ian. Right. And at the same time, that led, of course, to a conversation about alternatives to use beyond just two-way radios, but using uh, internet-based alternatives for communication like Mastodon for social media or Matrix for direct chat uh, with people, which, of course, we run servers for both of those. You can go to social.freetalklive.com for the Mastodon server, and you can go to chat.freetalklive.com for the uh, Matrix. Of course, you can do this yourself. You don't have to rely on us. You can have, if you don't know how to do, you know, running your own server, have your geek friend who does know how to do it, uh, set one of them up for you, and you can run one of these things yourself. You, you don't need to rely uh, on some third party you've never met before. But while we're, we were talking about it, on the Twitter platform, they have locked two fairly large accounts, the uh, LPNH, Libertarian Party of New Hampshire, with over 22,000 viewers or followers, and uh, Carlin Borshenko, the lady that's running for governor here in New Hampshire as a libertarian this year. Uh, she just had her account locked, 72,000 followers. So for the next 12 hours, now it's not the longest lockout, but it still is a lockout, and they've been being, they're being punished for tweeting a video of Joe Biden talking about the penalties for smoking cracked, uh, crack cocaine, juxtaposed with video of his son, Hunter Biden, actually smoking crack. <laughs> wow, I got to tweet that when I get home. I'll take the 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you want to avoid that kind of stuff, just you got to move off those platforms and you got to use your own, basically. So check ours out, social.freetalklive.com. We go to David in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, David people on the left you mean like communists and um what 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 they're doing is quite obvious and let me get your your attention by sharing this with you i read an autobiography of a world war ii soldier he was an officer in our army his job was to be a liaison with the russians when they were still our partners in the late 1940s you know like 46 like uh, plus and minus Mm -hmm. uh, and he was working behind um, uh, lines on their side of what they occupied, uh, doing things that needed to be done. And so he witnessed some things. So here, he's an officer staying in a nice hotel, as nice as they could be during the war or just after the end of the war, uh, in uh, occupied Poland. I don't know which city. And one night, uh, and this is in the context of the government trying to take uh, radio away from you, like walkie-talkies and CB and uh, the point is, is uh, they want to make it so you can't resist martial law like uh, Jerry Nadler is doing. Jerry Nadler said today that next week you will see that you will see passed in the uh, U.S. House of Representatives uh, a bill that uh, will outlaw all semi-automatic uh, guns, which is all guns. Basically, what he is the exact quote by Jerry Nadler is. Semi-automatic uh, firearms have no place in people's homes. And who is this? Is and this a politician? Well, the nice Jewish fellow, Jerry Nadler, yes, a representative. He's the the chair of uh, which committee? Judi Judiciary, House Judiciary Committee, Jerry Nadler. Okay. Anyway, if you, they want, to, want you to not be able to communicate, they want you to not be able to have any firearms, 
like I said, semi-automatic. That is the normal everyday uh, uh, firearm is a semi-automatic. Yep, that's they true. Are the norm. They are the norm, not the exception. So, so you're saying they're going to pass? You're saying this guy, this politician, believes they're going to outlaw all guns in the United States. Would that be outlawing the sales or the possession of them? Well, we, we have to we have to pass the bill in order to read what's in it. It depends on whether they are going. It depends on whether they are going to. Uh, they'll probably start. I'm speculating. They'll probably start with the easiest thing, and that's to prevent future sales. The next step mm-hmm. after that, if you see to that, is saying, "Oh, well, you know what? We need to register the ones that are already out there, but you can keep them." And then the next thing is to, "Oh, you know what?" Mm-hmm. And it keeps going from there. So back to uh, the the autobiography, uh, and this is why it matters, ladies. Um, and men who care about their ladies, he was looking out his hotel room window down at the street a few floors down one uh, early evening, and he noticed the, the sentries, two Russian sentries that were stationed on the, at the intersection, like we're at most intersections, uh, and there was a woman walking down the street toward these sentries. They stopped her, they raped her, they mm. shot her, and they threw her in the trash can. The, and, and that was during martial law. Who is going to stop them? Nobody had any firearms, no, and, 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 and they had no way. The government was controlling. The occupying Russians were controlling the communications. And back to the radio that they want to take from you, they do not want you to be able to resist martial law that they will put you under, and then they will rape you and shoot you and throw you in the trash can, ladies, and that's why it matters. Yep, that's a fact. Thank you for the call tonight, David. Appreciate hearing from you. Uh, the, so I think I found the story about what he's referring to. The bill in question uh, is an assault, quote-unquote, assault weapons ban bill. The proposal would make it unlawful for a person to import, sell, manufacture, or transfer certain semi-automatic rifles, including those that can accept a detachable magazine and have at least one of the following military features. Pistol grip, forward grip, folding, telescoping, or detachable stock, grenade launcher, barrel shroud, or threaded barrel. The bill has 211 co-sponsors and uh, is moving ahead. That does sound like pretty much all of them. I mean, How those many? are those are some common features. I, out of curiosity, mm-hmm. what, what's the number of reps we got in... Uh, this is the SVEDs, I'm assuming. The number of reps we have. Who's we? Well, um, yeah, good point. Zero. <laughs> uh, how many reps are there in the... 535, I think? Uh, no, it's 435. Oh, and then 100 senators? Uh, 100 senators, okay. uh, nine Supreme Court justices, and okay. one president. That's mm. the entire ownership of the United States. Still a pretty high number. Why were you asking? Just curious. Well, the 200 co-sponsors? 211 co-sponsors. 11 co-sponsors. Which is probably most of the Democrats. Yeah. It says here none yeah. of them are Republicans Okay. in this case. Uh, now, whether or not that's going to get through the Senate uh, would be another question. We'll see. I mean, it, there's a there's a million bills that get filed. And, you know, yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. Well, from a secession point of view, this is really important because mm. basically they're negating the Second Amendment right. with this bill. And I I remember posting a couple years ago in a uh, 
in a group of New Hampshireites who were not libertarian by any stretch. They were conservative uh, gun owners. And I said, if the if the feds got rid of the Second Amendment, would you be down to secede? And uh, I put a poll about it. Ninety five percent said yes. Hmm. Yeah, well, maybe that would push some people over the edge. I, I think it would push a lot yeah. of people over the edge. I, I mean, it, either secession or civil war. Right. Um, you know, it, and I prefer just secession, just walk away. Be, you don't need to have a war. It, I don't want to fight. Yeah. It, it would be interesting uh, for them to pass it, just not by enough to matter effectively. Um, so, well, if so, it passes, then it's then it's going into effect. Sure, sure. Um, what do you mean? Constitutional, you know, presumably the Constitution or the Supreme Court or some court would could overturn would overturn it, it if it's yeah. just a law but it would take um, years for that to happen right like it's not gonna they're yeah, not gonna it, overturn it the next day uh, uh, yeah it's a good they question. might accept an emergency petition because i mean obviously what they're doing here is completely i mean it's like beyond the pale uh mm-hmm. unconstitutional but um the point that i'm making is simply that it might be useful you know for independence of new hampshire mm-hmm. you know? yeah yeah Absolutely. Yeah, I see that. Let's go to Timothy. He's in Oregon. Timothy, go ahead. Timothy in Oregon going once. Timothy in Oregon going twice. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, more independence, uh, certainly better. Of course, there's probably going to be plenty of conservatives that when this happened, they'll just they'll just wait on the court. You know, they're they're not gonna you know lift a finger to support independence. They'll yeah, just they'll I trust mean, that the court's gonna. They won't. They they think the court's their friend right now. You're due right. To, you're uh, right. But you Roe know what? Wade. You know what though? Um. It just it happening just because they're not the ones proposing it doesn't mean mm-hmm. we can't propose it and doesn't mean they won't vote on it. Mm. Well, uh, time will tell. We'll see how this shakes out. Certainly the independence movement in New Hampshire is going to continue with or without this particular oh, bill. Uh, and, you know, certainly it, we, we intend to continue to grow that. We want more people who care about independence to make a move here, who care about liberty to migrate here to New Hampshire. Take your time. Uh, take an hour out of your day and watch The 101 Reasons Liberty Lives in New Hampshire. It's a great little documentary that goes over some really persuasive reasons why if you're a libertarian and you care about actually winning and having success, you ought to be here with the largest migration of freedom-loving people on the planet. Go to 101reasonsfilm.com, check that out, and we'll see you tomorrow. Iconic guitarist Eric Clapton's lifelong passion for the blues burns brightly in a new film and soundtrack release entitled Nothing But the Blues. The documentary film which was nominated for an Emmy Award, has been upgraded to 4K for its long-awaited official Blu-ray and DVD release. The new soundtrack album features all of the music from the 1995 film and also includes more than an hour of previously unreleased live performances. Eric spoke about his lifelong love and respect for the blues. And as much as I've questioned it and railed against it and, and, and been stubborn about my path, I'm back on it. This is me in terms of my musical identity today, where I've come from and what I mean. And wherever I go in the future will be as a result of this. I have tried to play folk music, play country and western, play even jazz, um, and a, a lot of pop music, but I do this best, and that's been given to me to do. 
That's iconic guitarist Eric Clapton, whose long-awaited documentary film and music soundtrack, Nothing But the Blues, will be released on multiple formats on June 24th. Order now at ericclapton.com.